0: Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Hallelujah. Praise God forever. Let's turn our Bibles tonight. What a beautiful day outside and a more beautiful day on the inside. Hallelujah. I know that all those people that the virus has spooked or whatever, uh, are gonna return here on Wednesday nights, amen? amen. And uh, quit taking the easy way out and get under. You know, you, you get a hear what's being said, but there's something tangible that takes place in the presence, in the presence of worship and in the presence of God and in the presence of other believers. Amen. You can't encourage somebody sitting home on your tough. And uh, so, get out and let's be believers, amen? Look, John, the third chapter, verse 14. John, the third chapter, verse 14. I'm going to be talking about healing again. We got through a couple of lessons of it. And uh, it is one of the great forsaken... Uh, Teachings and doctrines of the church. It seems like whenever the church rises up and begins to be bold in faith, then what happens is the counterproduction rises up and tries to squelch it. It has always been that way. There are more preachers preaching apologetics today than there are faith. Now, apologetics is the defense of the gospel with nothing else, no signs, no wonders, no power. It basically is New Testament legalism, and, uh, which I think everybody should defend the faith. But defending the faith must not only be done by scriptural Guarding, But it also must be done by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost And it must be done by authority and faith in the name of Jesus And so, whenever that rises up, the apologetics The excuses of why things don't happen Then what happens is those that rise up in faith are easily toppled And so then that which used to be faith and attainable no longer is. So if you go back 15, 20 years, faith, healing, miracles were one of the basic top subjects. Now, today, you hardly ever hear about them because we're self-fixing ourselves. And uh, we've got so many things, uh, you know, that we're preaching about except the supernatural interventions of God. And uh, so we talk about a lot of things and we say very little. All right, John, the, four, the third chapter, verse 14. And as Moses, somebody say, now we have a reference. In other words, Jesus is pointing us back to one of the prophets. He's pointing us back to the... Uh, Uh, Moses, the uh, deliverer of Israel, that was a symbolism of the deliverer, the prophet that would come after his likeness that uh, would raise up and redeem man instead of just the nation of Israel. But Jesus says, let's look back at what Moses did because there is a revelation, there is an understanding, there's something that brings out the fullness of the cross. And then he says this, And as Moses was lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. He must be lifted up. And that whosoever believes in him, the one that is lifted up, should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have become the present-day possessor of eternal life. Eternal life is not in the future. Eternal life is in the now, is in the now. And it says that, uh, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him, Jesus, the Son of God, might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not in him is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation that light is come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. Jesus tells us that what is about to take place at the cross, the crucifixion, is... A revelation of that which has been symbolized By the prophet Moses So what we're going to do is we're going to look Now notice that when he talks about lifting up the serpent Of course we all understand that the serpent is the devil And we also understand that as Jesus says I'm lifted up That in the lifting up And whatever is accomplished in that lifting up Is a byproduct of God's love for all mankind. Amen? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So whatever transpires in the body of Jesus Christ on the cross is born out of God's love for you and I. Amen? All right. Now let's go to Numbers 21 and verse 4. Numbers 21, verse 4. Four. these are the writings of Moses Moses has been attributed to being the writer of the first five books of the Bible even though he wasn't there when, they, and when Genesis transpired there is no time between what God says and what God has done In other words, they're gelled together. Number, Numbers 21, and let's look at verse 4. And they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom, and the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. Discouragement is a great enemy of faith, victory, and success to the believer. When you get discouraged, you really, in one great sense, you are offended, disappointed at God. So what you do, you begin to speak against God, just like when you get discouraged or put out with people, you begin to speak about them. The problem is, God don't put up with your nonsense. He's not happy with murmuring people. Oh, but God loves us all. It didn't say He didn't love you. It just says that He will cause repercussions for sin. And murmuring is a sin. And then it says in verse 5, And the people spake against... Not against the sand, not against their neighbors, not against Pharaoh... Against God, against God, and against Moses, against Moses. Wherefore, have you brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water, and our soul loathes this light bread. In other words, there is no bread, and we're lying, we just hate what you're giving us. Yeah, you would think that somebody would have been smart enough to say, well, what are we eating? But discouraged people become blind. They become malicious. They become critical. They become focused on verbalizing their hurt. And there's no reason for any Christian to be discouraged. Just not one Iota. The Bible said that you could encourage yourself. So quit being, what, what do we want to call that, that word? Quit being filled with self-pity and get over yourself. You are in charge of your faith. You are in charge of your covenant with God. You are in charge of your spiritual strength. You are in charge with your spiritual Condition. You are in charge of your mind. You are in charge of your emotions. Quit being servant to everything that will cause you to come against God. Take charge of yourself. Hallelujah. Should have preached that a million years ago. And then it says this, And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people and they bit the people and much people of Israel did what they just died what does that word died means died therefore the people came to Moses and said hey we have sinned understand sin produces death always it has no other benefit has no other promise has no other reward When you sin, you die. You may not even notice that you're dead. These people didn't even notice that they had bread. These people became blind. Sometimes we become so insensitive to what is taking place in us that we are totally unaware of the deceptiveness and the subtleness of sin taking us captive. You know, you can be dead and you can say you're alive. Ask the seven churches. So this is a message on healing. Oh, well, boy, I'm getting discouraged. Get over it. For we have spoken against the Lord and against you, Moses. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed to the pe- prayed for the people, and the Lord said unto Moses, "Make thee a fiery serpent, set it up on a pole, and it shall come to pass that every one that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, the serpent of brass shall live." And Moses made a serpent of brass, set it up on a pole. And it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man or woman, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. Now that is certainly a symbolism of the cross. Brass being a symbolism of sin. When sin is put on the cross, it is as it is defeated, but then the serpent loses its grasp, control, or influence upon individuals. Satan only has power over anyone through sin. Now, if he has power over you, any reason than what you have sinned, you simply need to awaken yourself and get him out of your life. You've got a powerless snake in your house ruling you. Could I get an amen? All right, so we want to get rid of him. And if you have sin, you want to get rid of it. Now, when we look at verse 6, man, it looks like it's, this is a contradiction. And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people. And the serpent came with fangs. And the serpent came with death and the serpent came with destruction with misery and he came to take people's lives now god did not send that to them without reason he sent it in there because there was sin against god could again amen yeah now Let's go to Daniel, the ninth chapter, and verse 8. And I want to read this because when we uh, look at this and say, well, God sent the serpents. It must have been God's will that they get bitten and that they die. And no, it wasn't God's will at all. Sometimes we forget that God is faithful to the just and to the unjust. Amen. And if you go to Ezekiel, you can find that if a man that sins repents of his sin, God will spare his life and treat him as a righteous man. But also, if a righteous man sins, God will let death take him and allow death to bring forth a reward. What does that mean to us? It means that God is a faithful God watching over his word to do good and to do evil. Now, in Daniel, the ninth chapter, verse 8, Daniel is praying and says, O Lord, to us belongeth confusion of faith to our kings and to our princes and to our fathers because we have sinned against thee. Notice Daniel is in a time frame of 70 years. He is in that time frame and he knows that he's there because of the writings of one Jeremiah. Every prophet from Jeremiah to Malachi are the uh, people that have been mentored by Jeremiah. Every one of the minor prophets... From Jeremiah on to Malachi Are all byproducts of the teachings of Jeremiah And they've all been raised up under the readings of Jeremiah And it says this To the Lord our God belongeth mercies and forgivenesses Though we have rebelled against Him Neither have we obeyed the voice of the Lord our God To walk in His laws which he set before us by his servants, the prophets. And then he says, yes, or yea, all Israel have transgressed thy law, even by departing from thy might not to obey, that they might obey thy voice. Somebody say God's law, God's word is his voice. Can't get any clearer than that. If you want to know what God said, open the Bible. Quit looking for fruit loops to fill you with nuts. Amen. Therefore, therefore, because they did not obey the voice of God, therefore the curse is poured upon us, and the oath that is written in the law of Moses, the serpent of the servant of God. Because we have sinned against Him, and He hath confirmed His words, which He spoke against us and against our judges that judgeth us, by bringing up on us this great evil. For under the whole heavens hath not been done as has been done upon Jerusalem as it is written in the law of Moses, all the evil is come upon us, yet made we not our prayer before the Lord our God that we might turn from our iniquities and understand thy truth. Therefore hath the Lord watched upon the evil and brought it up on us, for the Lord our God is righteous in all of his works which he doeth for we obeyed not His voice. And now, O Lord, our God, that hath brought Thy people forth out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand and hath begotten Thee renown, as at this day we have sinned, we have done wickedly. O Lord, according to all Thy righteousness... I beseech thee, let thine anger and thy fury be turned away from thy city Jerusalem, thy holy mount, because of our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers. Jerusalem and thy people are become a reproach to all that are about us. Why did God loose a serpent Upon Israel. Did he want to see him destroyed? Did he want to see him die? No. Was he against them? No. What was he doing? Watching over his word. Now he gave them uh, forewarning about if you sin, this is what's going to happen to you. If you sin... I will bring the curse upon your life. Daniel recognizes everything that's happening to us is because of the curse. The only reason that the curse came up on us is because we did not do what God told us to do. And therefore, all of these things belong to us. We have created and brought upon us ownership of the curse because of disobedience. Now, when it says, God, you are righteous in all your ways, what does that mean? It means that God does everything the way that a just and righteous God would do it. Really, what Daniel was saying why was Daniel praying to God to reverse all this because this is what Daniel knew thou art faithful we are here because you are faithful and you will bring us out of here because you are faithful Daniel prayed because he knew God was faithful he knew God not of his own will, brought the curse upon them to destroy them. He knew God didn't bring the confusion. He said, that which belongs to us has come upon us. In other words, sin brings ownership. And so Daniel Then acknowledges everything has been going on and said, God, you have watched over your word. You are righteous. God, since you are righteous, hear my prayer. Hear what I'm going to ask you to do. Why could Daniel be confident that the situation was going to turn? Because he was praying to a faithful God that said, if you'll turn from your iniquities, I will push back the inheritance of iniquity and I will bless you. Now, that brings us to a point that when Israel sinned, now I just want to capitalize on a few things. People that murmur and complain about little things where they are You are speaking against God. Oh, well, well, I'm not, no, I'm just complaining. No, what you're saying is, God's brought me here. He hasn't made me happy, and the joy of my salvation is not enough to sustain me. I am fed up with what I have. I am so disappointed in God's working in my life, and that's how you talk. I don't know why I'm not more blessed. I don't know why I'm not this. I don't know why I'm not that. Well, we know that God knows and we know that you know you only get what you invest in God out of God amen Amen? and so we know why we aren't we don't give a hundred percent you don't get a hundred percent yeah that's true so we have to understand that when We transgress. There is an open door to the devil into your life. And that is one of the causes of sickness and disease. You say, well, well, I don't know. I haven't done any big things. I know it. You've seen them little coral snakes about that long that bite you, and they call them a half-step snake. In other words, you get a half a step before you're dead. How about all them little snakes we let in? With attitude, criticism of so-and-so, bad thought about so-and-so, hate my job, so-and-so, don't like my boss, so-and-so, they don't come pay me enough, so-and-so. You know, you just go on and on and on and open the cages of the snakes into your life. If you want to see good, days control your tongue shut the cage to the serpents just quit always talking negative and critical against people you say well I don't think words are such a big deal well it was killing Israel because they said something that wasn't true They made a lie against God and against Moses. Consider that next time you repeat a matter. Now, so, but let's go back to our topic on healing. So, all of these things are important. You know, we all want to hear the blessing, but we got to realize what erodes the blessing. Amen? Amen. You, You just, look, grow up. Please, up, up. Grow up. And let's start living like Christians. Amen? So, here we have Israel sins against God. The whole world has sinned against God. Therefore, God sends His only begotten Son. Israel sins against God. Therefore, He calls Moses to make a serpent out of brass, the symbolism of sin, and to lift it up on the cross, telling us that sin will be destroyed at the cross and therefore the serpent will become inactive. So what does Jesus come to do? He comes to go to the cross. Why? He didn't come to condemn, he came to save. The serpent was not made to remind Israel of their sin, it was made to remind them of the mercy of God. Now, so when they looked upon the cross, and the cross is the answer to everything that man has need of. It is the answer for provision. It is the answer for healing. It is the answer for righteousness. It is the answer for uh, being free of depression or confusion or anything it is the cross and when you look at the cross you need to behold what the cross has done we look at the cross so many times in a frontal view and we see a portion of redemption but if you go back to the back side of the cross then you see a part of the totality of redemption amen so the cross is something that we have to behold not for short periods of time but for prolonged periods of time we need to be identified with Christ when you look at the cross quickly you can miss a lot of the truths that are being expressed through the cross the Bible says in Isaiah 53 when they looked upon the cross beheld him we thought he was being smitten of God that's a quick look without understanding so don't be in such a hurry just to look at a cross but look at what the cross is saying and what Jesus did for you and I now the Bible says that when they looked up on the serpent that they were healed somebody say healed. Healed. so in the forgiveness of their sins healing came to their bodies right so that tells us that healing and redemption healing and forgiveness are one in the same healing and salvation cannot be separated If we are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, there are seven fountains that are opened in the body of Christ. The right, the left, and each one of them is symbolic of things that are included in redemption. And then you have two feet, you have a crown on his head, you have a spear in his side, but when you turn him around, you have... The major flow of the blood from Jesus's body and our transgressions were put up on him and by those same stripes we are healed the blood that flowed for our iniquities is the same blood that flowed for our healing they are inseparable it is one back it is one Savior, but there are multiple facets of our redemption. Healing is not one of the benefits. Salvation is the benefit. And you cannot, though we do for teaching purposes, segment salvation. But you cannot separate it. It is all in one sacrifice, in one redemption of one human capacity. When Adam and Eve sinned, they got sin, they got the curse, they got death. They're all inseparable. You cannot separate them. So when God sends Christ that we might have Eternal or everlasting life, we have life. That means total freedom from the reign of death. What is sickness and disease? The rule of death. Come on, it's the rule of death. The common cold can kill you if left to its course of action. You don't believe that. Yes, you can. Well, you believe it. Because a common cold can turn into pneumonia. Then you got walking pneumonia. Then you got laying around pneumonia. You, You get pneumonia because of a common cold or a congestion that restricts your heart and oxygen capacity all it takes seems very subtle but it'll take your life amen that's why women get less pneumonia than men because they're always moving air now I don't know if that's a medical fact but I I just presumed it probably was and uh, but we have in this passage of Scripture we have the cause of sickness and disease. Well, are people sick because they have sinned? Not always, no. Absolutely not. Some people are sick because of past eating habits. Somebody asked me, uh, well, well, boy, when the devil attacked you with, with that bypass, the devil never attacked me with a bypass. I've been working to bring that bypass to pass for 69 years. I've been eating fried food, junk, eating things they warned me not to eat on every cheeseburger that had a writing. It may kill you. It may be hazardous to your health. I just kept eating them. Just like a, a guy drink, drinking, uh, smoking cigarettes. I just kept doing it, kept doing it. Well, well, you know, didn't you proclaim the promise? Yes, but proclaiming the promise does not do away with stupidity. Amen. Come on, help me preach. And some of us are right now in the condition that we're in because of what we've been eating and even though we know we're not supposed to do it, we still keep shoving that poison into our mouth and then you're going to claim that the devil did it but we're all going to know you heard this message and you're just trying to cover up your laziness could again, get an amen yeah absolutely absolutely the devil did not attack me I brought it on myself did he take advantage of it he'll take advantage of everything now thank God in my case he didn't take advantage of it. Didn't take advantage of it. They went in. They got their money. Thank God for the skilled hands of a surgeon. But it wasn't the devil's fault at all. I just, you know, there's enough blame to go around and a lot of it just falls right with me. You know, the devil's attacking my marriage. Well, if you wasn't in the house, your marriage would probably flourish. You are the problem. You know, don't lie to yourself. Be honest with yourself. God wants to help you, but he can't help a liar. Could have given an amen. Praise God. And and so when we read John 3, 14 through 20. We see that Jesus is doing for us as God did for Israel in the old covenant. That was a symbolism. The cross is a revelation. So let's make sure that we don't have sin. And I hope you don't. I don't know why you want it. You know, if you sin, I can tell you what you're going to get misery, the curse. The devil's going to rule you. Yeah. Now, if you think that that one little moment of sin is, is worth it all, go for it. <laughs> I encourage you, go wholehearted. Don't do anything half-heartedly. Jump right in. But know that when you jump in, you're going to get burnt. Absolutely. Amen? Yeah, so, we see that the symbolism is being fulfilled in the cross today. Amen? Amen. Moses was a foretelling. Jesus was a fulfilling. Right? Right. So, we know that sin has been defeated. We know that we have enough power in us never to transgress again. Never. Never. The Bible tells us That sin shall not have dominion over you but you can give it dominion but it cannot take your right to live righteously it can't make you do what Flip Wilson said (laughs) it would do the devil made me do it the devil never made you do nothing you decided to do the suggestions amen now we're gonna walk in hell and we need to hear it we need to hear it we need to hear it I can tell you and take you places where when I was sick they would tape me up they would take me out of work take me to the doctor they would tape me up and do all that kind of stuff trying to hold me into place my hips just would not stay in place and I poured iron for a living. And that is just heavy. It's heavy and it's hot and it's dangerous. But I did it. And uh, because it paid good money. And uh, when I wasn't pouring iron, I was molding. And that's a hot job. And it's a hard job. But I made money. Made 10 cents for every mold. So if, if I could do 200 molds, I could make $20 a day. not a lot of money back then when minimum wage was a buck 60 an hour $20 a day wasn't bad money so but so they would take me out they would take me up I'd sleep on the floor I'd, I'd do everything trying to get out of pain but I can tell you take you right to the corner of the room that I was walking around When I I had for weeks and months quoted by the stripes of Jesus Christ, I've been healed. I have been healed. I stopped at a corner one day and I said, oh, my word, I have been healed. I've really been healed. Immediately, I was healed. Immediately, I was healed. So we want to meditate on it, think about it, and let faith come alive amen remember knowing something is not faith but when you know something you meditate on it you eat it you go over it and over and over it you release the voice of God Proverbs the sixth chapter your mother and father you release it and it speaks to you that is the deposit of faith amen Amen? hallelujah Sunday morning praise